Bob Iacchino, the founder of the Chief Strategist of Path Trading Partners, joining us here. Bob, welcome. Good Wednesday morning to you. I wanted to get your thoughts on what the election results mean for the U.S. dollar and the retreat we saw, the greenback to 109. Uh, into the midterms, as stocks rallied, it looks like we're snapping a three-day advance here as futures suggest a lower open this morning. Does that support the U.S. dollar this morning? It's back above 110. It does, man. I think one of the things that uh, people are kind of ignoring, I've been talking about potential for, let's call it a lack of a red wave, being ever so slightly bearish for the equity markets. But I did think that it was probably a little bit of a dip that we could buy because it just kind of means status quo. We don't know what is who's going to control Congress yet. But the idea that the Republicans may take Congress by a slightly smaller margin or uh, an incredibly smaller margin than people expected, I don't think is as bearish because as long as there's one, there's another party controlling the House of Representatives, it still does mean gridlock, which overall I think is good for the equities. What's supportive of the dollar right now is the way that bonds are reacting to the election. I mean, we're seeing bonds up six, eight, uh, basis points on their yield side. So that's obviously supportive for the dollar. And that's what we're seeing right here. The bond story is what's leaking into the dollar story and then leaking into the equity story. Because if we don't get some sort of a slowdown in spending, both consumer and fiscal, inflation is going to stay entrenched. Bonds lower here this morning. The future is down around four tenths of a percent. If we could just pull the chart here real quick, I got the longer dated ZB on the left. I've got the 10 year on the right. And you can see relative to the 50 day moving average trend that they've been in. Again, as Bob pointed out, rates on the rise here. And, you know, I look at this US dollar, which has come off. I'll pull a chart here in a second off recent highs around 115. I want to be real careful in terms of the verbiage I use here in describing some of the price activity because it's still trending higher, holding upper levels and recently supported around this 109, 110 level. And, Bob, I guess one could uh, understand why. I mean, when you're looking at a uh, CPI expected to come in year over year tomorrow at 8%, it's tough to see dollar declines uh, on the horizon with numbers like that. Yeah, and again, this is global. I think people have to remember that the inflation story is global. It's not just domestic. You look at Sweden has 10.8% inflation, Italy 11.9, Germany 10.4, the UK is 10.1, China's 2.8, Japan's 3%, Greece is 12, Finland is 8.1. You can just continue to go down the list. Mm. So when you look at from an economic perspective, because remember on a currency basis, the first thing you learn it's the first thing I learned anyway back in the 90s, when you start looking at currencies and you're gonna be responsible for trading currencies, is that when you buy a currency, it's like buying a share in that particular country's economy. Mm -hmm. What economy is in a position to sustain rate hikes longer? It's the US. Mm -hmm. Go down the list again, Sweden, Italy, Germany, the UK, yeah. even China. If China doesn't open up, they're not in a position to sustain. Now, we might say that China only only has 2.8% inflation, but only that's that's a high number for them in recent history. So you wouldn't buy Greece, you wouldn't buy Finland, you would buy the US dollar. So again, from a sustainability standpoint, in terms of the aggressiveness of their central banks, you're seeing front loading in the EU, you're seeing front loading in the UK, but that front loading has to stop a heck of a lot faster than the U.S. does. And also, it has the potential for reversing a, a heck of a lot quicker than the U.S. does. I think one of the things people are, are discounting right now is how long, the, let's, let's say the terminal rate goes to 
even if they drop that terminal rate. And for anybody that doesn't really know what we're talking about, we're talking about the terminal rate. That's a restrictive rate of Fed funds. It's not the neutral rate. The neutral rate's probably, we might be there now on Fed funds. But if the terminal rate goes to 5%, which is what a lot of people are predicting, and stays there for a year, even if it goes down to three and a half from there, we spent a decade at zero. Why people think we can't spend two or three years at three and a half or 4% on a neutral or terminal rate is beyond me. We can. And the U.S. has the economic strength, especially from a jobs narrative, to stay there longer. That's bullish for the dollar. We're looking right here at the 30-year, recently up to 4.42, Bob. And just kind of getting back to those currencies here for a minute, I just wanted to point out as we look, the British pound, which has been under pressure. So, uh, again, to your point, some of these other currencies, a reflection of those recession concerns, ultimately what are higher rates going to do to, well, the European economy here. Look at the euro currency, which has been coming off, and the Japanese yen, a little bit of a different story, but still under pressure and bolstering strength in the U.S. dollar, well-defined trend environment to the downside, textbook in many examples, uh, in many uh, uh, instances. Uh, talk to me, Bob, because I don't want to compare apples to oranges, but you did mention China. Uh, and while we saw PPI overnight uh, down 1.3% year over year, I mean, this kind of really speaks to that rate differential and the uh, fuel for the fire in terms of uh, uh, this being a focus here as far as well, uh, as we've put it before, the dollar or the U.S. being the driest towel on the rack. And in many ways, we've seen that in terms of price activity. Well, I like that driest towel on the rack uh, analogy. The one that I was looking at is when you look at so China, I mentioned China specifically because I, I talked about economic strength, who has the economic strength to sustain restrictive mm -hmm. monetary mm -hmm. policy. Just mentioned their PPI is already falling. So they're not gonna have restrictive monetary policy as long as the US has. China will intervene in dollar yuan, obviously, and keep that fixing where they want it, but they're gonna have to have a little leeway there. And again, going to your analogy of the driest towel on the rack, the one I keep thinking of is, some people down here after Hurricane Ian, I'm in Florida, obviously, some people had six feet of flooding, some people had four feet of flooding, some people had two feet of flooding, some people had none. You look at the EU being a ba back above parity, that, that makes me think of somebody who had six feet of flooding that now only has two. You know, it's not good that the yen is at parity for the EU, and it's not necessarily good that China's PPI is lower from an economic perspective and from a geopolitical perspective. Certainly, those who are worried about dollar strength would like to have seen a little bit stronger PPI out of China. I like that in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of the currencies, because indices, we talk about how bad is good, and I guess lower inflationary pressures here are still not necessarily good for the currency one way or the other. Bob, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the 10-year note auction here today. I mean, we've mentioned throughout the show some of the focal points for investors and traders, earnings, eco data, and uh, the election results we've been covering. But uh, what are we looking for in terms of uh, results this afternoon? Yeah, I think 10-year notes uh, will be the results of the auction will be a little bit weaker than they would have been had there been a red wave. Uh, what that level is, I don't know. But, you know, one of the things that it, I've been looking at is the ultra short term bonds that have been released recently. Uh, Treasury Direct released a six month note uh, to the public at nine percent and nine percent for six months. Now, a lot of people get all excited about that. But if inflation is going to be at eight point four percent, you're talking about 0.6% in real yield. So if you're talking about a 10-year auction with, let's call it, I don't know, a 4.2 coupon on it, which could be somewhere in the range that this one comes in, 
uh, what are we looking at for inflation? Well, if that goes well, obviously inflation expectations are still managed. And when you look at the recent data, the long-term inflation expectations are under control. So you could see some strength out of that, but I think it would have been stronger had there been a red wave simply because there's a perception, whether it's reality or not, that the Republicans would be a little bit better on the economy, a little bit tougher on inflation. That still is the purview of the Fed. So I'm not sure that there's any validity to that, but that's the perception. Taking a quick look in terms of the futures again now, uh, I've got the bonds on the left here, I've got the tenure on the right, and we're just going back to the beginning of August here, you can see, uh, you know, and the reason I ask about that auction is because we're dangerously close to these lows here, Bob. I mean, all this thing takes is really one tip in that direction, and we could really start to see some weakness in the indices if rates continue higher. And in fact, now that I think of it, look at the two-year. It has continued higher recently to 4.79. So I think maybe we should be watching the short end here as well, in addition to the 10-year uh, response to today's results. Bob, I always appreciate you joining us. Thanks for sharing part of your Wednesday morning with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Bob Iaccino, the founder of the Chief Strategies of Path Trading Partners.